Hello, 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 and welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast. I'm your host, Will Chernoff, and this episode is sponsored by 12th Street Sound, a recording studio here in my hometown of New Westminster, BC, where I work with Anthony Santorini, who's the owner, operator, and studio engineer there. If you don't know what Anthony does, he can do a wide variety of things for your music projects this year. Some of them that I've partaken in myself are recording tracks in his studio, getting him to deliver you excellent mixes of recordings that you've made with him, or somewhere else, getting him to film a live session style video in the studio that you can use to promote yourself. And if you have demos that you want to work on or full productions that you want to do, Anthony is more than capable for that task. You can get in touch with him about working at 12th Street Sound by going to 12thstreet.ca slash booking. That's 12thst.ca slash booking to fill out the form and contact Anthony. Get going on your music this year. We're halfway through, but it's not too late. So go to 12thstreet.ca and tell Anthony that the RCP sent you. I remember just feeling so overwhelmed, like internal thoughts just came crashing down on me. I just froze for a little bit. Kind of crapped out on the first tune. Yeah, my time was completely off. I didn't know what I was playing. But when I heard the first round of applause, I'm like, what am I doing, man? This is music. Welcome and coming at you from New Westminster, BC. This is the Rhythm Changes podcast, the only weekly interview podcast about jazz and creative music in Canada. Happy Wednesday. Today, I have a special conversation for you with a music student with whom I have a fair bit of interesting history. We're both coming out of some of the same places, but I'm catching him at an interesting time. I'm excited to hear what he's up to and what we're looking forward to in this jazzy month of June. That's up next. Our guest today just finished his second year studying at Kaplan University in the Jazz Studies program. He, like me, attended New Westminster Secondary School and has lived in this neighborhood where we're recording this episode today. As far as ensembles he performs in, he is part of Noxious OBS, a youth group whom I've covered on Rhythm Changes before. And one thing that they have coming up is they're playing at the Fort Langley Jazz Festival on Saturday, July 23rd. I'll probably be down there and I would look forward to seeing you there if you want to come hear him play trumpet there. You can find him on Instagram at ClayTPT underscore and on Facebook under his own name. So please welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast, Clayton Poon. Thanks, Will. Um, it's been it's been a while since I've seen you. It has. It's, it's nice getting on here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got the chapter at end of at the high school that we both know and love for sure and then you're at cap right now there's mm -hmm. lots to talk about there we're coming into jazz fest season and you're actually not going to be at the vancouver jazz fest for a decent portion of that and we'll talk about that later but first there's this whole other chapter that i don't even know which is before end of i don't even know if you always lived in this neighborhood where you grew up what you were like as a kid or anything like that so what's your pre end of chapter look like in broad strokes like what were you like as a kid well um i was born in hong kong and i lived there for nine years then i immigrated here in canada in about i think 2011 summer yeah in hong kong i played two years of classical piano but i just never really dug it as much as i wanted to so i quit that when i came here to canada okay but yeah, for for the first year I was living here in 
I was yeah, I was living in East Van with uh with my aunt and uncle. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. But then we after that year in 2012, we moved into our house right now in New Westminster. Yeah. And how I was like as a kid, wow. Um <laughs> I was definitely a distraction to the class. That okay. I was that type of kid. I was very loud, rambunctious. I still am in some respect. I feel like I was always kind of a creative kid. I always had a very imaginative mind, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Cantonese is my first language, of course. Yeah. But I also learned English simultaneously. So I grew up just kind of understanding both languages at an equal level, which is some people say it's quite rare over there. Yeah. Which, um, I see that. Yeah. Which is uh, kind of cool, I guess. And it helped, really helped me integrate here better. Growing up here, it was definitely a challenge because it, it was a, yeah, I, I guess it was a small struggle for my identity, whether to feel more Hong Konger or more Canadian in order to assimilate here into Vancouver. So, yeah, that, that just kind of happened first year I got here. I just didn't know. I just had a, a small identity crisis with myself. I just didn't know really how to feel. And then moving into like my, my older years and now, I just feel there's a much better balance between the two identities I have within myself. Yeah, I have had in a previous episode, our mutual friend, your fellow Noxious Obs musician, trombonist, living in Montreal right now, Ted Kadanoff as a previous guest. I remember I talked about when I met her, which was when I came to do this school show at the high school and I brought some of the musicians that I'd been playing with since I went to CAP. And I know that she was one of the people who was already really into jazz by the time I got there, who was one of the keeners whom I met after playing that school set. And I'm pretty sure you were too. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, yeah, two alumni came, no, no, three. Yeah. Three alumni came like coincidentally that day and they they sat and watched too yeah yeah i think it was uh, uh tony wang mark donovan and uh i think anna zenti croom yeah I, I think. yeah that checks out uh, yeah it's those three i will just briefly say that i got to meet my good old friend kazumasa takasugi who went to new west with me 10 years ago and he came back he was in town for one day on the cruise ships he got to dock in vancouver and what he actually yeah yeah he, he took that time it was very last minute that it, it oh. got set up and i'm very thankful to mr steve clements for telling me about that because kaz um being a nice guy you know what does he decide to do with his couple hours in vancouver while he comes to see us so i mean that speaks to the community around N-Dub, I suppose. Yeah, um, I had a three-hour FaceTime lesson with him once during the pandemic. Really? Yeah, it was like early pandemic, and I got a... Yeah, he just... We just kind of sat down in front of our screens and just, like, talked about Trumpet for three hours. And it was... Yeah, it was really nice. But I've never met him. Yeah. And, yeah, our time just never crossed in high school, so we just never met then. I didn't even know Kaz existed before like <laughs> grade, like half of grade 11. Yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't even know Kaz existed. That's funny. Well, he is how he represents himself. He's a, he's a good dude. And I enjoyed the times I spent with him when we were teenagers at that high school. But 
That's cool show. Met Ted there. I met you there. I could tell that you were both already keen. What about you between now and then? Like, how did you get bitten by the bug, get inspired, and end up falling in love with jazz to the extent that you end up going to cap from there? I guess most of my indoctrination uh-huh. <laughs> comes from, I guess, a handful of people. Adrian de Guzman, for, for the most part, he yeah. showed me a bunch of bebop records, like mostly Dizzy and Charlie Parker records, like in the middle of our physics class. And, uh-huh. and, like, and I'm like, how the hell are they playing so fast? And how does everything make sense for them? Yeah. And from then on, I just kind of snowballed. And like, I remember the end of Jazz A Big Band or whatever the heck it was called. We had a we had a show at the Heritage Grill when it was not burnt down. Yeah. And it was like dead of winter. And it was like, I think midnight. And I just went outside during our break. And it was just dead quiet. And just had I just kind of reflected upon myself. I'm like, wow. This is a really amazing feeling. I really like playing music. I feel like if I work hard enough, I feel like I can make a living out of doing this. One way or another, yeah. One way or another, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Adrian, he's the same age as you or a year older? He's a year older. Yeah, so very similar situation I had with Nebu Johannes, who played with us when we did that school show. He played trombone. Oh, yeah. He was a year yeah, older than me. He introduced yeah. me to all kinds of music, too, that, that I didn't Sick know dude. about. So that was one of my kind of mentors slash peers, like both, doing both at the same time. It's a funny time. It must be a funny time to be a jazz student, you know, in your generation when it can feel like the whole history is all there and it's all accessible to you and like there's this pressure to make the best use of it all and Mm -hmm. maybe it's even slightly different than mine because i can still remember that i had to if i wanted to hear vancouver jazz recordings you know i had to go to that vancouver public library central branch and pull out those cds while i was at cap or get them from the capilano university library the cd collection there and it wasn't as obvious like spotify hadn't launched in canada until a couple of years after i left cap so different relationship right in terms of how Definitely. i could access the material like i mean youtube clips were a big thing like finding old videos of jazz musicians on youtube like of course i could still do that but how have you thought about that particular challenge of being in your generation and having to relate to the music and learn about it well, to start from just looking at the people who've laid down the foundation before us, the people who we study and learn the tradition from, it's, I feel the particular challenge there is that it's a little difficult trying to just hone in on one person when there's so much that's being thrown at you all the time, like on Instagram, on sometimes TikTok and like Spotify and some, and some records my friends show me. It's just a, a lot like, oh, there's, there's really cool things happening with oh woody shaw and there's and freddie's doing this thing but i need to focus on like straight ahead playing with like clip just by listening to clifford brown and lifting his stuff and it's just a lot because um when there's so much being thrown at you you just don't know how to focus only with me though i don't know how it's like for anyone else yeah is it actually being thrown at you or is it just knowing that it's all there and that you have to search through it yeah, that would be a better way to phrase okay, it. Yeah. Like it's it's just so much out there that I have to search through. Yeah. 
Yeah. How much stuff does actually get thrown at you then? Is that coming from the faculty themselves or do you feel like there is a lot of information being thrown at you that way too, in addition to having all this stuff that you got to search through? Not, not, not really from the faculty per se, but yeah. uh, I guess just by hearing things from, from your peers, from my, from my peers, I guess. Yeah. Cause there's some people there's that, that sound really like Tom Harrell or like yeah. Freddie Hubbard. And I want to be like them and like <laughs> lead my influence towards that aesthetic. But then I see this other person who's doing this other thing that I think is really cool. It's just the brain fog just yeah. kind of sets in like, what do I do? Yeah. You have yeah. a lot of options and mm -hmm. you have to choose something at any given time to focus on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you brought up your peers. Yeah, I knew all these great people from just New Westminster alone, and a lot of us went to CAP together. And you've known people from your own program who have gone to other cities as well. But then when I got to CAP, I met great people as well, like Thad Bailey Mai, Parker Woods is another one, Carson Toro, who I still play with. You know, these are people whom I met at CAP once I got to really connect with everyone. So who are some of those important peers for you? You're two years in, who are the best people that you've had the chance to. You don't have to name everybody, you don't have to be exhaustive, but who comes to mind first when you think about that? Top of the list, Justin Juan. Nice. Pianist, great cook. <laughs> he was uh, one of, he studied at the Guilford Park Secondary where Sykes works at now. So yeah, yeah uh, we met during the CAP audition. Oh, and, you were auditioning on the same day? Kind yeah, of we were, and he, and he told me he, he was uh, one of Sykes' students. I'm like, no way. He was my band teacher in elementary school. So yeah, we just kind of clicked from there. And yeah, such a great dude. Well, and other people would probably be Isabel Leong. She got me my job at Tom Lee Music. So I, have, I owe a lot to her for that. Nice. And um, Elijah Tisalona, Jeff Flores, Tomas Balai, Ethan Lawrence, and... Yeah, that's just my main crew at uh, CAP, I guess. These are people who are all in your cohort in your yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the guys I'm most familiar with and closest with. But like outside of just my cohort, I would say um, Julian Borkowski, even though he's graduated now. Faven Kadane, um, Tristan Young, RJ Abella. I look up to Todd a lot as well. Yeah. Gordy Lee. Yes, I've I've had the pleasure to meet him Gordy. a number yeah. of times in the recent months. Yeah. So he's a good dude. Yeah, and um Dave Pagdoncelin, who was who I went to end up with, and he's a year older, so one of my early, early influences. Casey Thomas Burns and George McNally at Cap, but outside of Cap and everywhere else. Uh, Margaret Donovan, Tony Wang, uh Adrian de Guzman, mm -hmm. also an early influence. I feel like I should leave it at that for now. You've already covered a lot. Well, that's a lot of names. I know. But like, to the people who I didn't list, you're on my mind. I swear to God. Of course. Yeah, no, it's not an exhaustive list. It never yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the biggest influence out of all of those is Steve Clements, of course. Same with me. Yeah, yeah. no no kidding. Yeah. So is it true that last fall you led a group at Aperture Coffee on Main? Yeah, I did. So what was that like? Just uh, starting the group up, getting rehearsals together, and figuring out everyone's schedules. That was really stressful for me because everyone was just on different times. 
and and stuff because uh well me and justin we our our schedules were pretty much the same because we were at cap but harmeet and base right yeah harmeet and connor zafoy johnston he they they were not at cap so they've dropped out and uh harmeet at the time yeah she was starting to she was starting work at vso and doing some electives at cap i think so they were we were just Two of the four of us were just on completely different time frames, so it was, it was a little difficult setting those times together. And thank God, Harmeet works the VSO because that would have been such a hard thing to pull off for a rehearsal room. Right. Yeah. So we got all that done, and when it came to the the day of the gig, I remember just feeling so, like overwhelmed, like so so many like internal thoughts just came crashing down on me. And I was just, I just froze for a little bit. Kind of crapped out on the first tune, This I Dig of You, Hank Mobley. Yeah, my time was completely off. I didn't know what I was playing. But when I heard the first round of applause, I'm like, what am I doing, man? This is music. Just enjoy it, right? So yeah, from then on, I just played. And for the last couple tunes, we, we had Gordy Lee sitting in. So that was really cool. There's a video of me and Gordy trading on Mr. PC on my Instagram page and on my Facebook, I think. Nice. So yeah, that was a really memorable and a very valuable learning experience for me because I've never led a group before. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good place to break the ice. I remember where I did it too. Uh, the first time I ever led a group, I believe it was in 2013. I don't remember exactly what month, but it was at a place that was at the time called the Cosmic Zoo. And it's since been known as Seven Dining Lounge and some other names. This is on West Broadway, what? kind of between Maine and Canby. <laughs> and uh, we had three bands that night. All three of the bands did Herbie Hancock tribute material. So we all took different angles on Herbie Hancock. So my band, pretty sure, was um, Parker Woods on guitar, Thad Bailey Mai on trumpet, Quincy Mays on keys. Um, oh, who was on drums? Oh, that's going to kill me. I'm going to have to think about that. But we had a pretty big um, set of like acoustic Herbie music. And then it was there was another band that was like Stephen Edwards on bass, Ruben Spiker on drums, Johnny Tobin on keys, and they played all the electric Herbie stuff. And then there was like another band that played other Herbie stuff. So it was like his catalog was so big that there was enough material for like three bands of first and second year people at cap to like fill a full night of it it was pretty cool that's awesome man oh my god i didn't even know that happened wow yeah and that venue yeah has changed hands a few times probably so i can't remember what it's called now or if it's still open but yeah it's on west broadway somewhere you gonna do it again this year you gonna get another band together this fall (sighs) definitely try yeah we'll see yeah my, my main struggle right now is just um I always feel like I'm not prepared to lead another group or just to even get a demo together because I don't have a demo. And mm-hmm. I feel like I should really, really get on top of that if I want to play music. It'd be fun to try, right? Like you don't have yeah. to come in with huge expectations. You can be like, what does it sound like if I record my group, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one thing you're probably going to do before that is you are going to Montreal for the first time. You already have friends there, just like you have friends in other big cities like Toronto and New York, other people your age who have gone to university or gone to play in different cities. You told me before we started recording that you haven't been to Montreal. So 
that's going to be exciting. You're going during Jazz Fest time, which means you'll get to take in the Montreal mm -hmm. Jazz Fest. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to hear from you after the fact what kind of time you have there. But given that you've had all these friends in all these different places, you've been here, you've been in this place where you've been living for the last 10-ish years, and you've been able to hear back from your friends who have gone to go try their hand at being in, in other cities. How do you feel about what you're up to here versus what you hear back from them? What does that tell you? What do you think about the differences between the places that you've heard about? The the biggest thing I've heard so far is just it's open much everything's open much later. Oh yeah, just so, like the venues are open, yeah, after yeah. midnight and stuff. So that's a big difference in terms of nightlife. So people stay out later. It's more lively. Does that appeal to you? That's very appealing to me. <laughs> like I come from Hong Kong, so it's just it's yeah. it's very much a very lively city there as well. I'm definitely very excited to go. I'm going with my best friend. Trent Carlson. He's not a jazz head, but mm -hmm. he, he loves music. So it'd be it'd be the night it'd be really nice for the both of us to go. So when you arrive there, what's on your list of what you must do in Montreal while you're there? Well, listen to a lot of good music and eat well. Yes, you'll you'll have no trouble doing both those things. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big city, so I guess we'll be walking around a lot. We haven't gotten like solid solid itineraries for what to do but i have a i think we know broadly what we want to do yeah me and trent yeah that's cool yeah i mean you'll get a feel for oh well you have two ish more years at cap but where else you'll want to go see once you have that much more freedom you know the time when you're more free to go and try some of these other cities on for size after you graduate or somewhere else you might want to live right as you get out there and you you try going to new places, you get a feel for things and you get more information about this, this these decisions that you'll have to make in a couple of years, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm an ed major. Yeah. So in the future sometime, I would be teaching preferably public secondary school. Yeah. And But sometime before that or even during or I don't know when, I can't really know for sure in the future, obviously. But... I for sure know I want to teach internationally, really wherever, preferably oh, cool. somewhere in Asia. Yeah. Somewhere close to Hong Kong, I mean. Yeah. In terms of traveling to other places, New York is a given. Yeah. I guess Toronto as well. Also, Japan. Yeah. Because I've heard it's, it's a pretty unique scene over there. I'd love to go there. And I've yeah. never been to New York either, so that's definitely on my list. But yeah, I yeah, know I've been wanting to go to Japan too. And that's cool that you've got the idea that you want to teach in different countries. That, that'll be an eye-opening thing, too. Things, Yeah, it's funny, it's funny that you mentioned things being open late, because, of course, we just got, like, the Frankie's Late Show, right? So yeah, that's, this is, like, our one example of, of what we could do there. I mean, the Heritage mm -hmm. Grill used to be open kind of late, too, but not yeah. always, you know, this, this thing at Frankie's now is quite specific to our scene. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if I've seen you there for the Frankie's Late Show the couple times I've been there. Have you been down there yet? Not for the late show. Yeah. Not yet. I'll definitely have to go out sometime. Yeah. Yeah. I just haven't made the plans to do that yet. <laughs> you can still catch a Sky Train after it ends. Don't worry. And get back to 22nd Street Station. Yeah. It's, it <laughs> ends at like what? Uh, ends at one. One. Yeah. Yeah. So it's before the, the last train. So it'll be fine. Yeah. 
I remember when that wasn't even an issue for me when I would just think, oh, no problem, I'll get it. But now I have to like work hard. I have to prep myself to stay up that late to go to that event. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's the times that I've gone down there, It's it's been worth it. It's a nice thing to have. Yeah. Tyrant opens till midnight, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, another one no. that's open late-ish. Uh-huh. So you're going to Montreal. You're going to have the first weekend of the Vancouver Jazz Festival to go and see things. There are a couple of things that I've already flagged from that weekend that'll be must-sees for me, but is there anything in particular that's caught your eye so far? I've got a really good one for you. Do you know Lewis Cole? Yes. Yeah. Do you know that the Lewis Cole big band is a thing that's yeah. on the opening weekend? And I'm so angry that I'm going to be missing that. Ooh, okay. Even though that's during the time, yeah. That's a Saturday. Saturday, June 25th, uh, later in the day on the Georgia Street stage. The Wait, Lewis June Cole 25th? I can yeah. make it. I, Saturday. I, I yeah. can probably make it then. Yeah. Assuming that I've transcribed the date correctly, you could check for yourself and see, see if you can make it. But that's one yeah. of the ones that I've heard the most about in terms of one that people are excited to go to. I'll probably be out at that stage all day. Like, I know the Sister Jazz Orchestra is the oh. first act on the stage. So, I mean... I'll probably show up at the beginning for them and then hang around and then Lewis Cole, that set at 5.30 on the Saturday on the Georgia Street stage. Yeah, um, I know I'm working that day. Yeah, so you'll be downtown. So I'll be downtown anyways. If there's a, yeah, there's probably gonna be a second set, right? Those would be festival style up and down performances, like one oh. set. I don't know how long it would be, maybe an hour. Oh, yeah. okay. Maybe I'd be able to catch some of that. Yeah. My yeah, I know for sure my boss needs me working that day. Yeah, that's a funny, funny conflict of interest. Yeah, being at that downtown Tomley Music on Granville during the jazz festival. Yeah, well, <laughs> I won't be like at, like in the store. I will be somewhere downtown with a pole box or or like a ballot oh. box for a raffle with a oh, chair. Oh, I see. Now I know where to look for you during that first weekend while I'll be out and about. You'll be on duty for. Tomley. I guess an interesting place to close would be you're past what I think a lot of people I've talked to consider the most difficult part of the program you're in, of that jazz studies program, which is depending on who you ask, either the first or the second semester of second year. Do you agree with that assessment from what you've seen so far? And is there anything in particular that is your focus for the back half of this program that you're in? Both semesters present their own challenges, in yeah. my opinion. In the first semester, the main challenge was getting up at six in the morning, <laughs> four days out of five, and yep. dragging my butt all the way up to cap. And, and, and like... Yeah, and an hour and 10 minute max transit ride. Yep, from that here, was, from New Westminster. And yeah. the first class I had out of three out of the five days was ear training. And it was so brutal. <laughs> it was just so brutal. Just trying to pay attention to MJ, tell you, okay, this is what a seven flat nine sounds like, guys. And it was just, oh my gosh. It was, it was really difficult just paying attention in the morning. That was the biggest issue. But in second semester, I only went to school four days out of five because I had Fridays off, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and um, 
but the material for everything else was so much more difficult to handle. Ear training was a lot more difficult, I found. Improv got a lot harder. And also, I was in, I was bumped into A band. And so I was playing in two big bands, so B band and A band, as well as having to deal with um, combo and PMI and improv. So I had six playing quote unquote classes to deal with. So it was really difficult for me just in terms of balancing what to shed and how much I could shed because I was just tired all the time. And yeah, I just, I was burnt out a lot quicker in, in the second semester just because of so much stuff was just on my plate at the time. But now in the summer, I only have an archaeology um, credit, I guess, which is okay. And I get to focus a lot more on the stuff I'm working on. Nice. Yeah. Well, here's to more good summer times ahead. Of course. I am excited to hear about your Montreal trip after you do it. I look forward to catching you hard at work and the Vancouver Jazz Festival area mm -hmm. in that opening weekend. I look forward to hearing you lead a date again someday when you are ready to do so and yeah. it's been fun for me to follow your journey as a fellow end of alumni so thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today thanks for having me here man Once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rhythm Changes podcast. If you like what we do here, I invite you to go to rhythmchanges.ca and sign up for the free weekly article that I write. This week's article available now is a review of an important album dropping in the Vancouver jazz scene this year, Iguana by the Hard Rubber Orchestra, who are celebrating the 30th anniversary. Check that out. And if you enjoy, you can sign up for future free weekly articles at rhythmchanges.ca.